Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower, and I'm here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. And I want to let you know that we do take your prayer requests seriously before the Lord, and we, we care about you, So, and they're confidential. So we want to encourage you to do that. You can find the shows for listening and downloading on our websites, warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website stre- streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Judgment, America, and the Nations. Judgment of America is not alone. Here we find the nations of men lining up for the momentous day of the Lord. Antichrist, anti-Christian nation of men is a special writing of the end of days. It is a written prose that brings you to a specific day and time in the future. Trusting God in tribulation trepidation. When trouble and turmoil hits a nation, it causes fear and agitation. Here, many may you may find yourself failing in the confidence that the Lord will make a way for you and your family. America's faithful, wise political servants. America's faithful, who are the wise among us, in our churches, political debates, and in life, who are these people? I remember this moment in time when we saw the true division, hate, and political division of America. In the latest posts on warn-usa.com, Global Advocacy, Christian Gospel Classic Warren Radio. Global Advocacy, Persecuted Church, the latest Classic Warren Radio features one of our premier shows for the Persecuted Church. And be sure to look for The Rising the book by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. It's just released in our bookstores on danaglennsmith.com. You can go to the featured book page. And the, it, the Rising is a Christian fiction thriller. When he who opposes rises, believers overcome by faith. We introduce a former black ops sniper named Mac. He is hardcore and one of the best at what he does. His work is secretive, elusive, and necessary, but he wanted out. And you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Google Play, and many more. You can also order it from any bookstore. So go to danaglinsmith.com slash shop to find the rising. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com. And also you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings. Welcome to a chilly Friday morning where we're at. And the good thing of it is you don't have to be here with us in person and face this cold. December, January, and February, the coldest months here where we live and... uh, I was thinking this morning of the attempt by the Democrats in our Congress, not everybody in Congress, they want to do away with all the coal and the oil and the natural gas, while in our state we have gobs of it. And I can tell you that if you're going to depend on electric and wind power, you're full of it. Because there's only one thing that has the BTUs. And that's gas. That's a fact. And it's BTU that heats you up. So at any rate, there's going to be some major issues on the agenda if the Democrats try to continue their nonsense. But they're always trying something. So, (laughs) you know, just the way it is. You know, if we had repent, we wouldn't have this issue. The only reason your enemies have been able to filter in, and they've been filtering in for probably 30 years now or more, is because of the sins that this nation doesn't recognize. Now, you notice, too, that uh, Biden's people up there decided that they would okay the abortion drug So you could, uh, you know, get the abortion pill by mail. And uh, you don't have to go to a doctor to get it. Make it free. You know, I mean, make it where you can get it easy. You know, this is on the cusp of the abortion thing in Texas and others that want to stop abortion. They want to make sure that uh, we can kill babies. I try to relate this online and the social media, but there's even preachers that disagree with you. You can't tell many people much of anything today. You know, God allows us to be that way, too, and he sends a delusion. And America is in their own delusion right now. They really are. So... It's too bad, but because they rejected the love of the truth, which is Yahshua, Jesus, the gospel, the good news, the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And today we're in Hebrews. We're talking about the Son of God. And it's one of those things. The book of Hebrews, Son of God, Blood of the Testament. You can't get away from the blood. You know, a lot of people don't like the, as we call them, the bloody songs. You know, in English vernacular, when you say something's bloody good, that means it's really good doesn't mean you're throwing blood all over it. For the literal liberals out there, (laughs) oh, I laugh because it's just absolutely nonsense what we have going on. It's not just in America either. We see it worldwide, just absolute, (laughs) just amazes me. We've been talking about this stuff for, Long time. Real, real, real long time. Now all of a sudden we see this stuff going on. And nobody sees it. Few people see it. 
but they will. Thank God for the Son of God who came, and thank God for the Father who sent him. And we begin in chapter 9 and verse 18. And uh, <clears throat> to link it back, we left off at Hebrews 9.17, but I'm going to start at 9.16. For where a testament is, that's a covenant, it's like a will. And a will ain't any good unless the person who made the will dies. That's what it's made for. A testament, it says here, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. That's the one who made the testament out. It goes on to say, for a testament is of a is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. That's just like a will. Doesn't make any difference. The only thing good about death to a lot of the liberals, Democrats, and I suppose maybe a few Republicans, is the fact that, uh, you know, they always have the death tax and the inheritance tax. Because the government wants to get in on that multi-million dollar farm that you're trying to leave your kids. So they want to squeeze everything out of it and make it impossible for the kids to take the land. And that that's happened. And I know what what land is like. Both of my grandparents had, one had a cattle ranch the other had a farm and it was in the family no longer though but I do have the oil rights for all the good it does me you know but the thing of it is is that's the way it is in the world today so you have a testator, <laughs> and the one who who began all this, the father and the son in the beginning of time, and God had said that it was through the blood that atonement would be made. So then verse 18 picks up on that, whereupon. Because of these things, or what is previously said, he says, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, just like the New Testament. They're both required. They need the blood for atonement. You can't make Christianity a bloodless redemption because it's through the blood that atonement is made. But you can sure make a jihad war on Christians and others and slaughter them in innocent blood. And say it's okay and your God says it's okay. And it's not just Muslims. It's Hindus. It's also in North Korea. It's also in China. Matter of fact, the persecution of Christians globally, nobody seems to give a wang except other, other Christians and a few Christian leaders. And almost everybody's too busy. They don't care. What's another Christian's life? What does it matter if they get oppressed? Well, if America continues to let this nonsense go on in America, and when I say America, the first America, I mean the government as well as the people who allow it to happen. But see, the one thing that makes the difference 
is that we do have a federalist system and also a state, and we also have the three pillars of government. So it's a little harder to do in America what you do other places. But you can't get away from the blood. And you can't get away from the blood that's shed in America and the murder that's going on. It's just one of those things that if we don't get united, you ain't going to have anything left. And it's not going to be like you have millions of immigrants that come up here and or I should say illegals, who are crossing the border illegally, who Biden and the Democrats want to borrow money to take care of them and pay for them when they don't even take care of the homeless we have on the street, nor of the um, Native American, the indigenous tribes we have in this country that are facing a lot of troubles. Because there's some terrible, terrible drugs and distribution and kidnapping and murders going on in this country. We we did cover that this uh, last Wednesday. People are too busy. The only thing Biden sees is trying to do the COVID. But you can thank God that today, because of this testament, all these things, in the long run, don't matter. You live and you die, and if you die early, and if you know the Lord, you're going to be with him. Which, in some cases, for people, that may be the better choice. Because you ain't going to have to go through what's coming. You see, because faith requires guts, persistence, and and that faith requires you to believe in spite of what you see. Faith is not free. Faith costs you. Saying, well, Lord, I believe. That's free. I receive you, Lord. That's free. But as soon as you get that done, you start a process of discipleship. And the Lord said, unless you... Pick up your cross and follow me. You're not worthy of me. If you love your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother more than me, you're not worthy of me. You see, there is a cost. Yes, you're redeemed. You're in the New Testament and you're forgiven. But you still have to confess the sins that you do every once in a while. And ask the Lord to forgive you. But there is a place, if you look in 1 John 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So that is a working relationship of forgiveness. But you have to walk in the light as he walked in the light. But it, And it's interesting that connected to that is the fact that if you sin. <laughs> what? You mean we're going to sin? Yeah, you are. Why? Because you're a sinner saved by grace. Is it possible to be perfect? Yeah. It says, be ye therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Sometimes I think we don't ascribe to that or try that. Well, in this culture, we don't care. The First Testament, it says neither the First Testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, He took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you.
This is the blood of the Testament. You're not going to get away with it. Having a testament, having a will of inheritance without the sprinkling of blood. For it's through the, the blood that atonement is made. Now there was a difference. And there is a difference today. In the Old Testament, they had to do that all the time. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that. In 22, that says, Almost all things are by the law, purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. That is the law. Period. Whether you like it or not, it took the shedding of the blood of Yahshua, Jesus, on that cross, in your place. See, and this is where, when we're talking about blood guilt comes in. Because, you know, and, and I've had so-called religious experts try to call me on blood guilt. That's because they've never studied it. They don't give a whang about blood guilt. They want to tell the people that, well, once saved, all is saved, everything's going to be fine. If you sin, that's okay. No, it's not okay. I don't care what the pastor tells you. Especially with some of this underhanded baloney they're saying today. So when you look at Yeshua, who died upon the cross, before he ever got to that cross, the authorities that the Jews had taken him to wanted to release him. Because he found no fault in him, and he said that twice. By the confession of man, he had no fault. The leaders. And the Jews argued, by our law, he must die because he made himself as God. And he was. But they didn't see that. And so even the leader washed his hands. He says, I am innocent of this man's blood. And they were screaming, his blood be on our heads. That's blood guilt. That's the same thing. When the Lord was crying over Jerusalem and weeping, he talked about the blood being required of this generation of all those that had gone before. And it was when Titus invaded Jerusalem and overthrew everything. And it was that, and the Lord prophesied that. He said, your house is left unto you desolate. And it was made desolate. The thing was removed. There's a lot of this stuff that we miss when we're teaching in this stuff. But blood guilt is thoroughly entrenched all the way from Genesis, all the way to Revelation, and in the gospel itself. And to make matters even more serious, the only way to atone for that blood is the death of, of someone that could shed the blood. Matter of fact, in the law it says, by him who shed the blood. But see, Yahshua, Jesus, was the substitute. John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the, the, the sins of the world. So the high priest comes in. And he sprinkles the book and all the people. The tabernacle, the vessels of the ministry... 
It was clear. He was applying the blood. For atonement. Now see in the new covenant. How do you apply the blood? The blood has already been shed. The covenant's already been made. The new covenant. How do you apply it? We apply it by faith believing. Because just as Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness sake. God imputes unto us. Righteousness. Because we believe him. But it's very clear there's a path you need to walk. God gives you of his spirit. He gives you his word. He forgives you. Give you sonship. And by faith. So if you die. Martyred or any other way. While you believe. You have a home in heaven because the blood has been shed by Christ. Now see, it has been pointed out that when the blood was shed, for instance, if you get in the Old Testament, they didn't just let that blood fall to the ground they had to catch the blood you can't apply it in the ministry of the high priest without having you know something to sprinkle the blood and something to put the blood in unless you're going to take the dead animal in there and whirl him around and let the blood sprinkle all over But if you look at Solomon, you read that account of how many that they had sacrificed. And when you don't have understanding of this, I mean, the people today that don't believe you should eat animals and take animals as a higher source of life than human beings, and sometimes it does seem like that the way human beings act. Because sometimes animals have more sense than humans today. I tell you, we're nuts today. People are crazy. I was reading an account of a, of a cop who was shot execution style six times in his car. There was a leader, a former gang member, I think, one of the top. Everybody knew him anyway. I didn't, never heard of him. And and they knew that he was a leader, and he would know. And they asked him, where's the violence from 1 to 10 in L.A.? And he said, it's an 11. He says, you know, and he was naturally, it was the Democrat policies that brought him there. And you see, the devil's working hard to destroy this country. You ever ask yourself why? Did you ever ask yourself why the Democrats and liberal media hated Trump so much when he did so many groundbreaking things? The best, un, you know, employment in just about every category. Whether you're a Hispanic, a black, white, whatever, woman, any kind of minority. Groundbreaking. Nobody else had done it. But do you hear him talking about it? No. You didn't have to worry about your oil and gas because we were top-notch. We were one of the major producers. I read yesterday again that uh, an attorney general came out and admitted, a former attorney general, I think he was, maybe he's still in there, admitted to switching 200,000 votes in a certain city, a certain state. Manually. 
you know, and I, I <clears throat> you know, a lot of this stuff comes out all the time. Nobody ever goes to jail. They never do anything about it. The Democrats ignore it. Do you ever wonder why that hatred is in there? Because you have two sides, Antichrist, and you have those who are not Antichrist, which includes Christians. They're not all Christian. Because there's a lot of people that do not profess Christianity in this country. But they don't like what happened, and they don't like what's going on. So when you talk about saving America or, or doing it, you know, the people need to come together for the cause of the country. Otherwise, you're not going to have a country. What well, just so happens that in the midst of all this madness, there is something you can have. Redemption, forgiveness, peace, love, joy, all through Christ. Because he went to the cross and his blood was shed for your redemption. And all you have to do is believe and receive it. John 1. He went to his own. His own received him not, but to as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. If I have someone that comes to my house and knocks on the door, I shout to him from the door, What do you want? Well, I'm here to talk to you. I've got some things I want to ask you. Okay. I keep the door shut. No. I open the door, say hi, invite him in, maybe get a cup of coffee, sit down, and we discuss it like friends. When dealing with the Laodicean church, that's the exact scenario that the Lord gave. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door, and I will come in. Sup with him. Sup with you. In other words, I'll have fellowship with you. Receive him. Bring him into your life. Bring him into your heart. Receive him. To as many as received him. Not just a head knowledge. To as many received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to those who believe on his name. Believe, trust in, rely on, and cling to. And these are those that are born again by the, not by the power of the flesh, but by the Spirit of God. John 3 said, unless you become born again by the Spirit, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter. When you get into Romans, you read Romans, say like 3 through 7, it talks about a lot of a lot of the confession. And you'll find something in there that says, For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's why we confess our sins. First John talks about confessing the sin and asking God for forgiveness. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. It's not done by the power of man. It's not done by becoming a member of a church, even by getting baptized. That's an outward sign. Water on the top of your head does not redeem anybody. It's an outward sign of obedience that you've taken before the public to say that I am now in Christ. I'm going to follow him. Even Paul says, I thank God that I baptized none of you. And then he said, except for, I think it was Gaius or Gaius. And we're talking about these particular items now because it's made possible because of the blood and the redemption. It's made possible because we are not in the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant doesn't destroy the Old Covenant. It was what God intended to do all along, 
when you look at the tabernacle, when you look at the process of the Day of Atonement, when you look at the high priests and the ministrations there, it's all a sign of what God was coming to do. Because in the future, he would have one sacrifice that would take care of it all. And this is what the Hebrews writer is talking about. And he's talking to Hebrews. He's talking to those that know the law. Getting them to understand that this is what God intended all along. In Hebrews 9.24, he finishes these thoughts. Almost all things are by the law, purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. That is the point. There had to be that sinless sacrifice above all, and the Son of God was that one. Verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. You can't... <laughs> you can't purify anything in heaven with the blood of, of a cow or a goat. And it can't purify you to enter in. But Christ, who is of the heavenly, is the Son of God, who came from the Father, who is the perfect sacrifice, can purify, purge, and cleanse. Yes, even in the heavenly things to make it possible for former sinful things like humans to enter in to heaven. Verse 24, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. You know, he's not in a hand, you know, he's not in the tabernacle that the, joy, the Jews use. They don't, no. But he's in heaven itself. Remember what he was told in the mountain. We covered this. Moses. Be sure that you make everything according to the way you were showed in the mount. Why? Because they were an image of what was in heaven. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with man. Now, when you go to church as a Christian, it's not the building that sanctifies you. Now, the building can be set aside for worship, sanctified. But it's not the building that sanctifies you or make you better. It is the Spirit of God. Remember, the Lord said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. The ecclesia is not the church building, nor the gathering place. It is the redeemed, the people who gather, who are filled with his spirit, who are blood washed, born again, confessors and followers of Christ, who have his spirit, read his word. It's in their heart. They go into the church. And where you get two or more are gathered. He's going to be in the middle. So that's when you have church. You have a whole church full of Christians. The Spirit of Christ is in every one of them. Every one of them. So when they start singing and worshiping, the Spirit of God moves because Christ is in the heart of every one of them and where two or more gathered, there am I in the midst. That is what we call church. Not just going to church, not just opening the door 
not just having your little clicks and fellowship and what are you wearing today and get with the group over here and then there's another group in the back over here and another group and none of them talk to one another and they kind of don't really like one another. No, we're supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to be different. The church is not supposed to look like the world. We are not of the world. The world is an enmity with God. And you take a church that looks just like and acts like the world, they are an enmity with God and they need to repent. And that's why... Christ is not entered into the holy places made with man, which are the figures of the true, the true. That which Christ is doing in heaven right now, that which he is bringing. But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God to us, ever living to make intercession for the saints. That's what he's doing. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Now see, Christ revealed to us how to remember this. Now, we're coming up on Christmas where people celebrate the birth of Christ. Nowhere in Scripture does it tell you to rejoice to honor that day. The angels of God celebrated when he was born. Heavenly hosts were singing. The shepherds saw it. And there's a lot of people around didn't even know, you know, it was just another baby being born. But to those who knew, they knew who he was. And so there is a difference. Because you're not always going to be on this planet in this condition. Because when Christ comes, he's going to redeem not only us completely and finally, full sanctification. The day when the sons of God appear before God. Now, there are scriptures talking about the sons of God. But there is coming a day when the redeemed are going to stand before God as kings and priests. These are the sons of God. You see, the Jews chastised the Lord about about God, about men being gods. And he said, in your own law, it says, you are gods. There's quite some interesting discussions he had with them. And they were always trying to entrap him. But he's on the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for the saints. When the time comes of his return, he will leave that high priest's office and he will come back as a greater son of David. I, and, and David was a warrior king. But Yahshua, the greater son of David, is coming back again with a two-edged sword he's going to put down the enemies of God. 
It says in his return he will destroy those who have destroyed the earth. Hard to believe, but there's people that would do that. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest did. He entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. No, once and for all. It's done with. He's never going to be on the cross again. For Paul says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And sin is put away. God has found a way to deal with it with sinful man, put his spirit in those who will repent, impute righteousness unto them, and allow them to walk in a manner above the sins and the lusts of the world. So that's important to understand. It's done. It's finished. He's never going to do it again. And why? Why do we care? Well, Paul deals with that in verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. See, after <laughs> you die, you're going to face the judgment, period. But when you're found in Christ and you've received him and believed upon him, he bears your sins. And so the second death will have no power. Now see, the first death is when your body dies physically. This is the body of death we live in. Don't worry about that dying. One day everybody dies. You see, I remember when my dad told me, you see, my grandfather had passed away, and I was pretty shook up over it. And, uh, and then the other one passed away. And dad said, well, it happens. You get old, you're going to die. He says, one day it'll be my my turn. And it was. I was there when my mom died. I would have been there when my one grandfather died, but uh, he told me to go. I went with my parents, and as soon as we got to our destination, he had died. I didn't want to leave, but he told me to leave. Go with your parents. That's where you need to be. My other grandfather lived in another state, and I wasn't around when he died. My dad died. My mom died. People die. Nothing you can do about it. You can't mourn forever. But if they're in Christ, you will see them again. And I always deal with it this way. You never know at that last moment before that last breath that they say, Lord, I put this off too long. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I believe that Christ died for my sins. Come into my heart and soul and save me. You know, you know there's a scripture that I like. And it talks about God giving mercy unto those who he gives mercy to. In other words, when he gives mercy, that's it. He's not going to recant. Just like when he gives gifts to men, he's not going to recant. What he gave, he gave. What he forgives, he forgives. What he judges, he does in righteousness. So it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. That's the second death. He says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him 
shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He's coming back. And that'll be the time of our final and complete salvation. See, we say we're saved right now. Christians do. That's A lot of that is by faith. We believe that. And because we have his spirit, God said, My spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are the child of God. And every Christian that knows Christ and has his spirit can have that experience all the time. And you'll be told, you'll be nudged when you need to confess, when you need to stop doing stuff. If you'll listen. But one day he's going to appear. Thank God for that. And all of a sudden, the heavens will scroll away. He will be coming out of the east. And the heavens will be filled with more angels than you, you, you can imagine and the armies of God. And him in the lead. And the wicked will say to the caves and the rocks and the mountains to fall on us and hide us from him who sits upon his throne. For the day of his wrath has come. And that tells me that the wicked have known all along. Read Romans 1 as well. At the end. For these continue to do what they do. And they even encourage others to do. Even though they know that the deeds that they do are worthy of death. And that's where we're at in America today. They're going to do those no matter what. They're going to ignore it. Psalm 2 describes this end of days perfectly. But you can thank God in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the end of days, that you can know Christ and you can be redeemed. You can have his blood cover you. And don't get hung up about, well, if I confessed once, I don't have to confess again. Get out of that mind trap. That, that's dumb. When you do something, and, and the Lord also says, before you make up with me, go make up with your brother. You're to love one another. Dear God in heaven, I've thought about this a lot. Many years ago, before I was ever in the ministry, well, Christ says we're to love one another, but we can't even get along, you know. And I was at a convention, a church convention. It was a men's prayer, you know, uh, convention for men statewide. And we were there. Well, we were all Pentecostals. Guess who they booked in another room? They were all Baptists. I wasn't interested in arguing with a bunch of Baptists. So I go out in the hallway. And here's one of the big high mucky muck people of our church denomination arguing with another big mucky muck. And guess what? They were both Christians. And they were madder than H-E-double-L at each other. Yeah, that glorified Christ in the front of everybody there. And we still have issues today. And I can tell you worldwide, Worldwide, in our in our reporting and the news we get from the people we know, and we know a lot of them, that are covering the persecuted church, there's one thing that's happening all the time. The enemies of Christ are coming to the Lord. This includes imams, regular Muslims, this includes Hindus, Chinese, North Korean, I mean, you name it. Miracles, signs, wonders, redemption is happening today. Now you may think Christ is dead in America. You may think that he's forsaken this country. But i got news for you. It is through this shaking, through these troubles, that Christ wakes people up and brings them to the truth. Now they all won't come. But you can know that Christ knows what is going on and who is behind it here. 
and all the killing and the murder, you people are guilty of blood guilt. And the only cure is to confess and come to Christ. Other than that, you will die in your blood guilt along with your other sins. And you will go into a devil's perdition. That is not trying to make you fear. That is just telling you. But I can tell you one thing. If you don't fear God, you're a fool. And I'm speaking to Christians as well. We have a, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And so we know behind that what this God is capable of. But we also know what he went and redeemed us for. So behind every Christian, somewhere along the line, they understood that fear. They understood who this God was. And they understood that he was not only fearsome, but he had a merciful side. And many today, they have no knowledge at all. For the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There's many a wicked and many a leader in this country that are challenging God today that are going to be in a point they're not going to like. So you can thank God. The last verse of this, I'll read it again. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto him that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And you can do that. You see, I have a healthy respect and a fear. That word fear is, you know, is reverence. It's knowing who he is. What did James say? When you read James, weep and howl, you sinners, for the miseries that are going to come upon you. Because they don't understand that fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And once you understand that, I need to get right with God. That's the first thing you think. People around the world are looking for that. The Hindus jump in the river to get washed of their sins. The river ain't going to do it. It takes the blood of Christ. And it. And if you're in America, you'd better understand that, kids. Because your day of living easily and this country being a Christian nation and safety, that thing's gone out the window. The things have changed. And I've been warning about judgment for over two decades. The first time I mentioned it was back in 73, 1973. And I was warned about Biden a year and a half ahead of time by the Lord. And I knew what it would initiate. But you see, this is the way God shakes a nation and wakes people up to understand that there's somebody bigger. You need to listen to my Isaiah series. Because I discuss this in the confines of judgment that God did upon Judah. And how it works. Now, don't go away afraid. Don't go away fearful. Father, comfort them and strengthen them. You call upon Christ today. You call upon the Lord. He is your strength. I testify that if you seek him with all your heart, he will meet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his spirit bears witness right now that that is true. So you receive him, you look to him, you understand. Father, bless them, heal them, redeem them, Father, and help them to see the end of days and what you are doing. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. A lot of important stuff there that can help you. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.